Hello, welcome to another King's Daily where we're reading through the book of Psalms together. And today, if you're reading through the whole book with us, you'll want to read through Psalms 85 through 88. I'll paste a few verses that stood out for me in the description below and uh, leave you to ponder on their significance. But right now, we're going to focus on Psalm 86 and verse 15, which says this, But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So uh, might be familiar to you. It's a description of, of God that is repeated again and again through the Bible. We find it twice more in the Psalms alone, in uh, Psalm 103 and 145. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's, if it was in the Bible once, then, wow, that would be uh, enough, wouldn't it? It's an amazing um, revelation of, of God and his nature. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's just there again and again. Um, we find it in, uh, in Exodus, uh, chapter 34, Numbers, uh, chapter 14, uh, Nehemiah, Joel, Jonah. It's, uh, it, it's clearly something that God is wanting to underline for us. Uh, as I say, if it was there just once, that would be enough. But it's just that because it's, I find it so many times in the Bible when I come across it, I just, I'm coming across it in this psalm here, I thought it'd be a good place to stop and pay special attention to what it's saying to us. And uh, so I thought I'd do that by really going through the five uh, words or expressions here that d describe God that are... Um, uh, that God describes himself in, in this way, that, that in his word, and I think, we, and, and speaking to Moses, this is, this is how he describes himself. And so it's worth just spending perhaps a couple of minutes on each one. So the first one is God is compassionate, compassionate, which can also be translated merciful. And when thinking about biblical words, I find it helpful to just look at where else they are used and in Deuteronomy 31 Moses speaks to the Israelites before they enter the promised land warning them not to turn from the Lord but if they do he says bad things will befall them however uh, he, he then goes on all will be not lost because I'm reading it is Deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 30 31 when you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in the latter day days you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. There's that word again, compassionate, merciful. It's a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenants with your fathers that he swore to them. And uh, we'll pick up as a connection there again, isn't there? This faithfulness and, and compassion. We'll come to faithfulness a bit later on. Um, so this, this word, compassion or mercy, it tells me that no matter what, we can turn back to God and he will have mercy on us. He won't always treat us as our sins deserve. He will not hold our rebellion against us. In fact, there's a, a hint here, I think, that God's mercy will, in fact, lead him to bring his people back to their senses and back to him and to call out to him for, uh, for, for, for mercy and for, for his compassion. And of course, these words are really a foreshadow Jesus, don't they? In whom our sins would be forgiven and through whom we can turn back to God and uh, receive his wonderful, wonderful mercy 
upon us. So that's that was the first uh, first word used to describe God. The, the next one is gracious, as a, as a compassionate and gracious God. And um, I don't know. I've heard it said uh, if, if mercy emphasises God not treating us as our sins deserve, grace speaks of His lavish, over-the-top blessing of that beyond what we might uh, expect or certainly d- deserve. And not only does God not punish us um, and separate us forever from him, he gives us every spiritual blessing in Christ. The forgiveness is, of course, part of that, but for- forgiveness paves the way to be brought close uh, as uh, as children of God, to be adopted into his family and to have all the blessings and the privileges that come with that we're taken back as sons and daughters um, but once again I just thought it's helpful just to see where else this word was was used and the where the actual Hebrew word that underlines this this word gracious is is used and you find it in um, Exodus 22 26 27 chapter 22 verses 26 27 um, where God says if ever you take your neighbor's cloak in pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down, for that is his only covering, and it is his cloak for his body. And in what else is he going to sleep? And if he cries to me, I will hear, for I am compassionate. There's that word, compassionate. Here God is deeply moved about someone in need. Um, if, if they're cold at night because they've had to borrow money to give their cloak as, as collateral, it matters to God. And when we are in need, when we've come to the end of our resources, for whatever reason, uh, even if it's, if it's our, our fault, uh, we can cry out to God and he hears us and he's moved to action. And uh, the wonderful thing is that, that he has c- compassion on us um, as I say, no, it, it, no matter what we've done, it's not just that, that bad things have befallen us. Of course, God is compassionate when we're, when, uh, we're in situations that we, we find ourselves in through no fault of our own. But even more so, the compassion of God when it's our own sin that have got us into the, the, the problem. And, and God's compassion for us is therefore supremely shown by sending his son Jesus to live and to die and to rise again for us um, so when we realise our sinful state before God and the terrible consequences of it, we can call out to God in the name of Jesus and we can, we can know that we're going to be met with an answer from a compassionate God. We're going to find help and forgiveness in our time of need. This is what God is like. He's compassionate. Uh, wonderful to know. Uh, OK, this the, the next one. This is, uh, I, I love all of these. These are all good, aren't they? But here's a, here's a one that's particularly heartening. And um, the third word is actually a, it's a phrase and it's slow to anger. Slow to anger. And I find it really, well, it's really interesting and it's puzzling actually in some respects. See, God hates evil. He's so perfectly good that you would expect his rejection of evil to be instant and explosive like one of those science experiments that you may have uh, remembered watching at school where you put potassium a little bit of potassium metal in with some water and it's, it's, a, it's fire it's an explosion and you kind of ex- expect that when uh, god encounters evil or sees evil and um i don't know maybe you've encountered people who are like that who are a little bit explosive they get angry really quickly and um we talk about people having a short fuse don't we 
something sets them off and they suddenly explode. Well, this is saying that God is not like that. God is not like that. But why? I mean, the, again, I would ex expect him to to respond to, to evil um, it, very, very swiftly. And uh, well, here's the reason, really. God's full response to sin, which which will come one day, is patiently and lovingly held back while he saves sinners like you and me. The cross of Jesus has opened up what maybe we could think of. I don't know. I think of it a bit like this is a, a massive grace shield against God's wrath towards sin, towards towards our sin. On the cross, Jesus took in himself God's anger against sin. He, he bore it. And uh, this wonderful season of God's grace, this year of favour has been opened up to us. We live in a year of favour. Uh, it's why, why God isn't immediately kind of coming against sin with all his uh, wrath and, and his, his, his response to it. I don't, I don't know, it reminds me of those uh, movies. Maybe I've, uh, I'm sure I've seen several of the situations where the the the, the um, people are trying to escape from a castle and um, or I don't know or, or yeah let's, let's assume a castle for this illustration and the the portcullis is coming down and one of the the heroes kind of goes underneath the portcullis and holds it up and just for just enough time for the the others to escape and then of course the portcullis comes crushing down on the on the hero often finishing them off it's his kind of act of heroism that holds the the gate open while people escape and um, it seems to me something like this is happening on the cross with Jesus that he is uh, he's taking on himself God's uh, response to our sin and evil such so that you and me can be saved uh, can um, can be forgiven and can come to God in in relationship and every time God does not zap someone as sometimes people mockingly expect him to do or um, or actually sometimes how we might want him to do uh, when we see horrific evil he is through his son's death on the cross holding back his wrath so that many 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 more can escape uh, the, the consequences of their sin and can come into relationship with him can be brought into relationship with him the bible says it's Isaiah isn't it Jesus was crushed our iniquities he was crushed so that we could be saved we could come into relationship with god and by the way um i, I talk about uh, our expression um a short fuse but uh, this what is translate the words translated here slow to anger is actually uh, long of nose and if you want to know why i will leave a link um in the in the description uh, below to a helpful little video and you can find out why. We've got to move on though, we're just on our fourth word. And here we find another adjective attached to it, abounding, um, abounding in love. And when I, again, when I looked up this word love elsewhere, um, it's uh, it was in um, Joshua 2.14, where the Israelite spies are helped by Rahab and they say to her, our life for yours, even to death, if you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully to you. We'll deal kindly with you. That's that's the word, the same word that's translated love in, in our psalm here with the abounding in love. It's, it's kindness. 
it, it emphasizes the kindness of God. And uh, again, we see that word faithfulness, and we'll come back to that in just, just a moment. But let's linger on this word kind. Uh, God, uh, God was going to be kind to Rahab. God is kind. When someone is kind to you, it's an amazing feeling, isn't it? It could be someone letting you in front of you in the supermarket queue or looking after you when you're sick or whatever it might be. When someone does you good, you, you feel it deeply, don't you? The, the kindness, uh, it's, uh, it's a special thing. And it's, a, it's actually a glimmer of the glory of heaven because God is kind. God is kind. We're on our last word now. Faith, um, faithfulness. Finally, God is also abounding in faithfulness. And we've, we've, we've encountered this word often now in, in, in relation to, to God. He is faithful. He can be relied upon. His grace and mercy and compassion and loving kindness can be relied upon. They're, they're unchanging. If he says something, he's going to do it. If he says something, he means it. You, you can rely upon his word. He's faithful to his word. Um, including the revelation that we read about him here. This is what God is like, and you can build your life on it. You can stake your life on it. God is faithful. Well, our time is up. So much here for us to meditate on, even these these few verses, and be thankful for. So um, I'll just briefly close in prayer. We thank you, Lord God, that you are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love and faithfulness. And we thank you for Jesus and for all your glorious mercy and kindness and forbearance and love and faithfulness that has been revealed to us and come to us uh, through him, in him. Amen. Well, God bless you. And uh, yeah, may this, this knowledge of what God is like be a real blessing and encouragement to you today.